What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Muscle Minds with Scott Stevenson. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you guys, the people of Patreon. Thank you for all your support. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach. Go to byobbcoach.com. That's Scott's book. You can go to that website to get the ebook, or you can go to Amazon to get the hardcover. Um, we're also brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Strom Sports Nutrition in the UK and supplementsource.ca for our canadians guys we've got a treat for you today scott and i are gonna you guys enjoyed the mike menser review video that we did today we've got uh, some weeder principles on deck scott found a great video too this is called training system tape is it training system tape too oh excuse me joe weeder's bodybuilding training system tape Two: basic bodybuilding techniques so without further ado, man, I say we just dive straight into this thing. I'm going old school here. Oh yeah, this I, is. I watched like the first thirty seconds, so this is all new to me. Up me like too. After the first intro, yeah, this is yeah. Be fun. I've seen as much as you, but I already love this title, like the screen on that. This is great. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I gotta find the play button here. There we go. Oh yeah. First of all, the, the music is amazing. Of the split system is the most. What's that? First of all, the music, like oh, that's the yeah. music. Yeah, that's total '80s music. I don't know if we have a date. Maybe the info for the video tells us what date this is. Uh, we thing. can look later. We can look later. But I should give this guy a like. This is at Bonehead zero seventy is the guy who posted important this. Important principle in your bodybuilding program Body because without an understanding and the application of the Weeder <laughs> split system, you'll split never system. be able to achieve a symmetrical and well proportioned body. Proportioned. So, so that that was just a second. I just paused. That's my first. I'm just to thought. turn it down. Yeah. Well, there's more there though. I want to. Oh, okay. Pause. There's, there's okay. So we much. can't pause the whole thing though, because this is a half hour video. We're but, not going. It's going to be a half hour before we even get through five minutes. So we got to let him talk a little. Yeah. Without the weeder principles, you're never going to. I think it's called <laughs> a proportionate body. Like you're ne never. Like there's it's no the way. Only way. That, it's the only, it's the only like, this is very important. So how we, now we see Gold's Venice, of course, yes. back in the heyday. Men yep. and right. women working out in gyms around the world, but very few of them look like bodybuilders. Ooh. Why? Well, certainly genetics like has something to do with it. Some people are just more physically talented than others Should when it comes to building muscle. But another reason is simply this. Steroids. If you look like a bodybuilder, oh. Oh. you need to train like a bodybuilder. Simply lifting weight and Scott, I don't see you watching behind you when you do your dumbbell rows. If just lifting heavy and working hard were all it took, then a ditch digger or construction worker would end up winning the Mr. Olympia contest. Hmm. Bob Paris? Yeah. Yeah, I love that rock music in the background. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Bob Paris. Now, when you're in the gym, Intensity and hard work are very important, but it's not enough just to work hard. So pause here just for a sec. Smart. Yeah. It's just interesting because Bob Paris, like, I mean, he is like one of the classic, he's one of the guys they talk about being, uh, having a, like the original classic physique. Absolutely. He's a little bit, he was, you know, after Arnold's day, but, and, and he too, he came out, there's a really interesting book for people who don't know, Gorilla Suit that he wrote. Oh yeah, yeah. After his career. Have you read that, Scott? I have not, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I read it a long time ago, um, and and he, I th I've heard that people, some people may have because he he was it wasn't maybe open. He hadn't come out of the closet, so to speak, at the time, but he was openly gay thereafter. Yeah, he had a um, his partner was a bodybuilder, 
um, and that came known. But he was he wasn't didn't quite do as well as he probably should have because of you know that you know aspect Absolutely. of his personal life, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, here he is. Like this kind of he's he's the the first face person to speak in a Joe Weider video. I think he's on the inside. You know, this is good. Yeah, they, he was a, he was a poster boy, you know. So I don't know I don't know about that idea that you know his sexual preference had anything to do with how it's, how he plays because he's he's got the weeders on his side at least at this at this time point. Yeah, yeah. So, so. you should be going for an intensity of effort in the gym and also an intensity of effect. The exercises that you're doing should have the most maximized effect on the muscles themselves. It's not just enough to push the weight. You have to know how the body part is actually working to have the most effective outcome of the exercise. When we look at the sport of bodybuilding, it's very similar to other sports. Yeah, great physique. If you want to become a great runner, Amazing. you run. If you want to become a great cyclist, you ride a bicycle. If you want to look like a bodybuilder, you need to train like a bodybuilder. You need to train in a sports-specific manner. Specificity of training. Good cast, too. That the body responds yep. and adapts very specifically to the kind of workout you put it through. Much more specifically than you think. That's why different sports from sprinting to marathon running to gymnastics to shot putting all require very different kinds of training and physical preparation. And that's why it's so difficult to do well in multi-event sports like the decathlon or heptathlon. And why there are so few great athletes who compete successfully in more than I love one sport. I do too. Highest. Actually, I want to bring back, look at this when look. Multi-event sports like the decathlon. Hold on a second. Look at this. This is a look that only happened, that half shirt right there. Right. You don't see that anymore. You know what I'm saying? And their shorts too. Oh yeah, first thing I had. So stop here. This is really interesting because what Bob Paris did there. Yeah, and there's Lee the product. Cool. Um, <laughs> man, it's awesome. So he, what he basically said in that first sort of clip, is, he was talking about making a mind muscle connection. He's like, don't just train hard. Need to train. I can't remember the words to use, but it was a, it was a very, some very nice verbiage. For, now we would, we would use different terminology for. And the interesting thing here now, and I think this is where they're building up with this, this sports specificity idea. So the idea that the activity that you that you do during a sport is how you should train. So you should train specific to what the actual performance will be mm. when you are competing. And the, the thing that I'm, I, I think they're going to, the connection they're going to make is that the weeder system is the specific, sports specific way to train for bodybuilding. Yes. But if you follow this train of thought logically, the sports-specific way to train for bodybuilding is just to start posing, because that's that's where you're com that's where you're compared. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a little hole in their logical loop. At least if I'm if I'm getting what they're what they're putting down right now, if I've seen what they're cooking. <laughs> yeah, but, but but they're gonna. I mean, the, here's the thing. And this is like this is the old strategy. This the strategy that will never die. It continues to work. Is whatever you're trying to sell, you take the best athletes and let them speak for you, and then automatically, or let them just be your 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 poster people, so to speak. Yeah. And this is how they got where they're going. It has nothing to do with genetics or drugs, what have you. Always you choose the best athletes. No, they didn't even um, talk about drugs back then at all. Yo, know, like zilch, zero, zippo, zero. Yeah. So, but it's it's really, Bob Paris is well spoken. Obviously, Lee Rod is extremely well spoken. Yeah, um, and, and that could have been why guys. they picked these guys out the gate. They're like, man, we got to get Bob out there because he's going to just tear it up with with talking. Absolutely. You know? 
Although I would love to have Ronnie doing one of these. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? This is a little before he came on the scene. Sending a specific program to the central nervous system. And anybody that's worked with a computer can tell you that a computer will respond only to specific instructions. Your body is the same way. It doesn't care what you're trying to do. It only reacts to exercises specifically as they are applied. Hmm. Over the past 50 years or so, bodybuilders have learned, largely by trial and error, what kind of workout the muscles of the body best respond to. And the proof that they've discovered Great. something really yeah. new yeah. is the way they look. No human beings in all of history, male or female, have developed the kind of physique you see on stage at a yeah, top professional Shelley. bodybuilding contest. And that's Lee again. Critics yep. of the sport sometimes claim that this incredible advancement in the ability of human beings to develop awesome. their lean body structure is the result of improved nutrition, anabolic drugs, or simply the fact that there are more bodybuilders working out more seriously than ever before. But it's really the type of training that you'll learn from the want that shirt. system that has made yeah. the difference. The modern bodybuilding workout was developed to address the natural genetically determined capacity of the body to respond to the Just muscle guessing. training. Yeah. The physiological programming that this is, is awesome. inherent in the neuromuscular system itself. It's the most effective and efficient form of muscle training ever conceived. So if you're going in the wow. gym to develop Damn. your There's body Linda. structure, yeah. being yeah. a competitor Watch or not, sec. why do it any other way? Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. They like the way they laid that out. It yeah. was basically like, I mean that I, I don't think there was like Weeder was just totally dominant on the scene. There was no one. There was oh, no yeah. competitor who could have who who could have been an opposing opinion right. to what was just said there. You know so. And they're they're talking about things that you would have to, and this is this is this is partly why I went to school and wanted to become a researcher, is because not because of this video in particular, but because I kept <laughs> on seeing so many things, so, so many claims of a scientific nature that weren't yeah. substantiated anyway, right? Okay, yeah. So, so what they said, and this is the thing, like it's still to this day, it still works, is if you say something, and I have an article on Elite FTS about this. Um, if that you say something in a really convincing way, yeah, um, with with clear, concise verbiage mm -hmm. that is si sounds at least scientific, then it becomes believable. Absolutely, right? we see it all the time, man. Look how many it's, people are taking a cherry picked study today. Uh, you guys have all seen it out there, cherry picked study, and then they base some crazy claims off of that one thing. It's it's happening constantly, yeah. you know. But it's important how they and this was really well written, right? When you see how it's written, so the, like the way it's written, you think oh, I don't even have to to second guess where that information comes from because they literally have just they just outlined all the things that you would need, to, all the boxes you need to check under yeah. the north that you found the best system. And look, they've got the. Yeah, they've got all, there's, they, there's no muscle test this time. I don't think they've got all the best athletes. Yeah, you don't need proof. You got Li Linda Murray, right? She's proof, right? <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. That is so true. I love it. After all, the body is a homeostatic organism. That means that it tends to resist change, whether true. the change is good or bad. That's why people can abuse their bodies for Her such a long so period of time before Crazy. they actually see serious damage. So it follows that to make dramatic improvements in your physical structure, you have to find some way to force your body to change. 
you have to subject it to a program that's so intense and effective that it has no choice but to respond. And that's what bodybuilding type weight training is all about. The arms on him at that point. Yeah. Progressive overload. Progressive the basis of training. any kind of weight training is the principle of progressive resistance. That is, when you take a significant amount of resistance and work your muscles against it. While using this resistance, your muscles will Those tend pants to get stronger don't look and bigger. At all. As your I muscles think it's get a, bigger and stronger, I think it's a uh, like a, a unit thing. On more weight to build more muscle size. Look at the top. The yeah, look at these. Got the he's got a tank top over it. It's a good yeah. principle. It's a smart principle. Use it. Does he have a belt on? There's a Greek myth that belt. goes back thousands of years which describes the process exactly. Belos of Crotona is said to Belos, have begun picking yeah. up and lifting a young calf every day. As the calf grew larger and heavier, he continued this practice and therefore grew progressively stronger to the point where he was still able to lift the animal when it became a full-grown bull. Oh, this yeah. is exactly what you do mm -hmm. with bodybuilding type weight training. Only instead of hefting farm animals, you use barbells, dumbbells, and various types of machines to provide the necessary <laughs> resistance. Oh, at that time, it's spinaplex. Yes. Right? You're using cattle pellets. Is that the muscle of Ironically enough. Yeah. a greater load is put on that muscle during the time of doing resistance training. Progressive resistance means either increasing the intensity in one of two ways. Either a greater workload by the number of repetitions awesome. or a greater workload by the number of pounds that are placed on a bar or on the piece I of I agree with all this so far, right? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. I mean, weeders, there's, there's a lot of these ideas. They're still being tested. They're still being used. Yeah. And they, and they still work. We have muscles because we live in a gravity well. Our muscles allow us to overcome the force of gravity and move around the surface of the planet. In addition to gravity, right. exactly, Brandon. also adapt to the kinds of loads we subject them to. For example, if you have a 10 horsepower motor and you subject it to a 12 horsepower load, it'll burn out. However, subject the equivalent 10 horsepower muscle to a 12 horsepower load and you eventually get a 12 Damn, horsepower muscle. Yeah. The key to progress in bodybuilding is to overload the muscle, just enough to cause it to grow, but not enough to cause it to And to continue to increase the amount of load on oh, the no kidding. as the yeah. muscle gets bigger and stronger. On the Gladiator, the Gladiator show, competitive show. Hollett, Ray Hollett's her name, I think. There are basically two types of muscle fibers. Red, aerobic fiber, is long distance endurance fiber capable of contracting over and over for long periods of time. White anaerobic fiber, on the other hand, is short duration sprint fiber, lacking in endurance, but is 22% is larger than you? red fiber, and capable of generating much more power. I can hear it. Okay. okay. Everybody, Everybody who's watching, let me know if that sound needs to be body. adjusted at all. Although the amount of fibers and the distribution of fiber types in various muscles of the body varies tremendously from individual to individual. And it's the kind of fiber that predominates in the body that largely determines what kind of performance that body is best suited for. Just think of the difference between a muscular sprinter and a lean endurance runner. Both types of fiber can be made bigger and stronger or hypertrophied by weight training. And top bodybuilders seem to need a mixture of both fiber types in order to be successful. If a bodybuilder is too mesomorphic, has too much thick white fiber, 
he or she Taylor. may be too blocky and lack aesthetics to win bodybuilding contests. Possible to mesomorphic. They may be better suited, perhaps, to something yeah. like weightlifting. If a bodybuilder is too ectomorphic, has too much lean red fiber, he or she may excel in aesthetics but have trouble building sufficient mass. So now, let's pause it here. There yep. is more to I missed, missed a little bit of that. I was looking at the comment, but yeah, they're, so now they're going with the somatotyping and I mean, red and white fibers, that's an old way of fiber typing, you know, based on what you see in, in basically the plantar flexures, flexures of rodents, which were used for a lot of these, store, these studies early on. Because okay. they have like a like a totally white soleus muscle, and they'll have a red and a white gastroc muscle. And they just look that way, and that's but that 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 nomenclature really isn't isn't relevant at all today so much. Mm. And that I that idea, there's probably something to say with um, the way someone's bone structure manifests in terms of the matching fibers that they have in terms of what their at least what their sort of genetic baseline program would be for different fiber type distributions. Yeah, but but they're they're pushing a little bit here, because um, you got a guy like like um, Dave Palumbo, for instance, who you look at Dave now, especially or when before he started training, he was an endurance athlete. Yeah, right. And then he became Jumbo Palumbo, and his yeah, three you know his pounds. yeah, and his midsection side before that that started to get out of control. I, I actually saw him live at the USA's. Yeah. Um, and so I'm doing, he did a guest posing one time. It was just crazy. He's so freaking big. Yeah, he was. So I would presume he probably had a lot of type one fibers, red fibers, so to speak. So there's a that's a, but but it sounds the thing is that's convincing, especially if that's way over the head of someone. Yeah. Um, you know. So this is this is really this is really well done. Um, overall, I think they're. I don't think there's like it's not this whole thing isn't tempting to just bamboozle people. Um, this is an attempt to like compile the scientific information that they sort of had available at, the, at that time point to some degree. But, um, but yeah. to illustrate their points is I think where they're going to go with this. Yeah, you know they're I mean? selling something too, right. Yeah. Muscle size, shape, and volume than muscle fibers. Muscle cells are complex, and the bodybuilding look also involves things like mitochondrial mass, the size of the internal organs of the cells that produce energy. Glycogenation, Organs. the amount of carbohydrate energy stored within the cell, the blood supply to the muscle, and water. Did you know that muscles are about 75% water? Reps and sets. Reps and sets, baby. That'd be a good name the for a podcast. Unit in bodybuilding training uh -huh. is the repetition. Now, repetition is made up of two key points. It's basically going to be the full extension of the muscle when the muscle is fully stretched out and the full contraction of the muscle when the muscle is bunched up and is pulled together and shortened. So a repetition is going to be going back and forth between that extension and that contraction on mm -hmm. every single body part. Now, repetitions combined together constitute a set. So a set, let's say in, in your workout, you are supposed to do a set of 12 repetitions. What you would be doing is 12 times in a row, be going from this contraction position to the extension position, back and forth until you get to 12. And that would constitute a set of the exercise. A basic set in bodybuilding 
usually consists oh, flex. of 8 to 12 yeah, repetitions. Like is that flex? Why this yeah. number? Oh, yeah. I the name of the, the woman there. Um, I think she passed on has shown that the a while back. Mm. She was big. To about 70 to 75% of its one rep maximum strength. The maximum amount of weight sure. the muscles can yeah. lift in that exercise one time. And when you do as many sets as you can with this amount of weight, you end up doing somewhere from 8 to 12 reps. Therefore, as you begin bodybuilding training with the Weeder system, pick a weight for any exercise that lets you do at least... How many effective reps do you think she had there? But not so <laughs> that last one. More than 12. Not many. An exercise consists of a group of sets. This too can vary, but generally the Weeder system recommends from 3 to 5 sets of any exercise and from Sean getting all ballistic on the hamstring. For any body part, with a few less for some to make it look good. and certain kinds of training, and a few more for others. In bodybuilding training, you can end up resting for a shorter or longer period of time. It's Ed Cohn. Holy shit! Doing. It's awesome. Yeah. For mass training, for example, in Cape Seven, you rest for several minutes. Using certain intensity techniques, How about that outfit? Nine, you may not rest yep. at all between sets. Well, about but two for ounces the purposes of, fabric there. of getting started yeah. with the Weeder system workouts, you should rest from 30 to 60 seconds between sets. Or if you're training with a workout partner, do your set, rest while your partner does their set. Okay, then so this is high volume, baby. Do your next 30 to 60 seconds. Yep. It's interesting to have Dorian in a video like this. Yeah, I think they filmed these at different times, obviously. And yeah. Twelve or fifteen repetitions in a set. So it is important to increase the weight because that's definitely that's putting a different type of pressure that the body has to respond to. Hey, so we're putting it all together now. We got progressive overload. In the early days of the sport, bodybuilders trained like weightlifters, training the whole body three times per week. But they soon found out that you can't train the whole body in one workout and still have sufficient intensity for all the body parts. So eventually huh. they began... Is that true, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> depends on the volume. Depends on what you're doing, right? And depends on what you call sufficient. Yeah, right? what do you what do you yeah, what do you how do you define that? I, I don't know. Like I mean if what's sufficient? This- what's a sufficient amount of volume? It, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying how many sets, but I'm just saying how would you define a sufficient amount of volume? What are you getting? What does that take? I think he said sufficient in the context of effort. Oh, so Okay. Yeah, so the way the way they're setting this up, I think, is that if you try to train the whole body Obviously, with the amount of volume that they're going to suggest or throw out here, mm-hmm. that you'd have like you'd do like a four-hour workout because you yeah. just would be training so much, so many sets for so many exercises for all your muscle groups, everything. That by the end you'd just be a wasteoid. You wouldn't be it wouldn't be effective training basically anymore. Yeah. So that's the sufficient thing. The, the idea and like still, I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago. I remember talking to people about with fortitude training and talking about you know training. The whole body, including legs, on one day, and like you just can't do that. I'm like, we're not talking about 15 sets for your legs, and then going trying to do deadlifts. Yeah. No, we're we're talking about a very a very small volume. So that's where they're going. So yeah, it's all about recovery and how you piece that together and mindset. Some people just don't want to train the whole body at once. Yeah. They just don't. They they want to focus. Today's my leg day. I focus on my legs. Today's chest, and 
and deltoids or what have you, psychologically, um, especially with legs, this is another thing that, that I ran into a lot with some people, is they don't want to train legs every time they go in the gym or three times a week because legs are so hard. Yeah. They like to have this back and forth. Okay, I got my legs out of the way. Now I can have more of a beach day. I call like a, a like chest and biceps the ultimate beach workout. It's just right. like, those are just great. You know, you look good when your arms and your chest and your delts are all pumped up. But yeah. you train your back, you can't really see it. It's like, oh, I got a great pump in my back, but I can't see it unless I go in the posing room, you know, or I, I get out my cell phone and look at, you know, myself in the mirror from behind or something. Yeah, so, I, I kind of feel like the question I had to ask myself with that. Um, as far as like some people don't like to, you know, train the whole body or, or whatever, you know, some people want to focus on one body part. Is it like, is it because that's what I really like, or is it because that's what I'm used to? That was the question I had to ask myself, do I really like that? Or is it just what I'm used to? You know, what's the difference there? And imagine you start off this way, training full body. Yeah. And and then you get you're someone who's a little bit obsessive compulsive, like we tend to be as bodybuilders. Yeah. And, and then you're like. I didn't train everything today. You get done. It's like, oh shit, I forgot to train arms. Or I, I didn't train legs today. You'd almost feel guilty if you're if you're so used to doing full body that you didn't train everything. It's like, oh, I neglected that. Yeah. So it wouldn't feel right if you didn't do a full body workout. If you had done that for years and that was what you're used to. So that's a great point, man. It's what you're used to that defines you know how difficult it is to change. Yeah. It's your baseline, your your previous or current state that makes it difficult to to go to a new one. Following a system which Joe Weider called the split system of training, in which only part of the body is trained at any given workout, and the entire body is trained over a period of days. The split system of training takes several forms. One of the most popular types of training schedule is three days on, one day off. This is one example. Day one, chest, shoulders, triceps, calves, abs. Day two, back, biceps, forearms, calves, abs. On the third day, thighs, hamstrings, abs. And on day four, rest. And this is an example of a workout arranged over a four-day period. Day one, chest, triceps, abs. Day two, back. 14-year-old Scott would be taking notes right now. Oh yeah. Day three, thighs. I'd be writing this all out. Yep. Abs, and on day four, shoulders and calves, and on the fifth day, you rest. Now, of course, you're not a machine, so you want to make sure you get plenty of rest. If you need a day off, don't feel bad about taking that extra day off. Your recovery time is just as important as going. They're talking auto regulation right Mm. here. Yeah. Overtraining can be devastating to your work. I think here, pause here for a second. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing that I don't think people caught on to so much. Like, like these these standards three three on one off, four on one off. These splits, like these are age old, right? People sure. are still doing these almost similar, exact same splits. But that idea that you just take a day off if you feel like you need one isn't one that. That doesn't stick. That didn't stick so well. I don't <laughs> yeah, think. that part didn't follow through so much. It, it really right. didn't. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, when it, when she was saying that, it was making me think of, you know, this is one of the things that Dante really pushed, and that I also pushed with fortitude training, is that if you come in, it's not your day, yeah. especially with a program like that. Yeah. 
because you better be on or you're not going to go where you need to go with fortitude, with, with DC training or fortitude training. Yeah, you're not going to BS your way through. It's not like a, you know, a bicep workout. Right, right, right. And especially with DC training, like the two-way split of three, you take a day off. Let's let's say you do a Monday, Wednesday, you come in on a Friday, and, and that's your third training day of the week, and you're like, oh, man, you just take that Friday off. Then you have Friday and the Saturday and the Sunday, you come in the Monday, you just took one day off, but you got, you've added up a lot of rest relative to what you've been used to. Yeah. And it can totally reset you. You don't have to have a deload or periodize or what have you. Just that one day off can, can totally refresh you and let you catch back up to where you can keep progressing for a while. And I mean, Joe, you know, Joe, Joe knew that, right? Or he sensed that or we built that in for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, into making this. And it's, it's true. And you know, you hear, you know, the classic story about Arnold and Franco, they would, Sometimes they go in if like if it wasn't on, you know, they would just go to the beach. Yeah, they just didn't feel right. They just, yeah, there's there, there's there's stories about that that I've heard and read years ago that that was something that they would do if they came to the gym and they just weren't feeling it. They weren't getting a good pump, right? Or they just weren't just didn't want to. This would I mean they wouldn't do that like a a month out from the Olympia, of course, like that. But if it wasn't feeling right, then they would just say, hey, no, they turn around, leave the gym. And um, maybe go to the firehouse if that was around at the time. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, or go get some food. And then they would just go to the beach and just chill and relax. Yeah. But take that extra day of rest if you need it. Remember that overtraining, pushing your body too hard, increases your chances of injury. Therefore, you can add an extra rest day at any point in your workout program. Or if you're especially yep. tired, try taking two days rest at the end of your three-day routine or huh, your four-day routine. Yep. The point is, the more you're able to rest and recover, the stronger you'll be in your workouts and the better your body will respond. Yep, that, was, that was Frank Hillebrand? Yeah. The guy before there? With the German guy, he passed away system, too. You train twice a day instead of once. Training a major body part in the morning and doing detail work or cardiovascular training in the second workout. Using this system, you're actually doing less rather than more because you're doing much of the work you'd normally do in one training session and dividing it into two. Here's an example. Day one, AM, chest, shoulders, PM, triceps, calves, abs. Day two, AM, back, biceps, PM, forearms, calves, abs. Day three, a.m., thighs, hamstrings, p.m., abs. And on the fourth day... I wouldn't do that one. Rest. That's a ridiculous. Day three? It takes me four yeah. days to cover the full body. I would do hamstrings uh, later, maybe. I'm just going to do abs. On day two, I train legs. And if you didn't notice, I train chest and biceps on day one, which is part of, you know, upper body. So then on day two, I'm covering legs. So while I'm training legs, my upper day body is getting a day of rest. Day three, I go to shoulders and triceps, so I'm back to my upper body again. And day four, I train back. And day five is my day off, and then I start over again. I work uh, with a split system. I split my body over four days. So that after my four days, I finished uh, my whole body training. You know, when I started training, I was 16 years of age. so. So obviously I started on a three times a week schedule. I would do one exercise per muscle group, probably on a 10, eight, six basis, you know, 10 reps the first 
eight reps the same poundage and six on the principle that manager was diminishing and of course it wasn't but that's the way i thought that manager right. was diminishing so i would do 10 8 and 6 and as i progressed then i started to realize that if i wanted to do more work and more overloading i would have to work on split routines so i would kind of split the body into two parts um so now was this training twice a day or just once no this is once a day right uh, the only time i trained mm. twice a day was three weeks before my first national contest mr britain i just finished my business administration degree and i had three weeks to train and so for three weeks i trained morning and night i trained right. twice a day i'll do a heavy and a light system like three days on one day off and mm. i'll go heavy on the first cycle and then i'll go light for the next body part and vice versa it goes like that um the fourth day being my off day i think all bodybuilders in general know that that rule and they use that see how she's signing there yeah i did yeah she's she was deaf no kidding I yeah, couldn't tell by the, uh, the way she spoke. I know. I don't know her story um, as to how, when she lost her hearing, but yeah, yeah she was deaf. Yeah. She was a really sweetheart from when I understand everything I heard about her. She was just really an amazing person. They were saying they were saying that some people think of the idea of training for you know muscle size versus tone, and that that doesn't work. I'm glad to hear that. You know, I expected honestly to hear a lot more BS in this video than what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't watched one of these for so long. How many muscles you're training in one exercise? What kind of exercises you do? What kind of equipment you use? Just take me way back, man. This is when I back when I was a kid. I was, I was seeing all these athletes in the magazines back when I was still buying them. Yeah. My teens. And what kind of intensity techniques you employ. In general, you build mass most effectively by doing two joint exercises. Exercises that involve the movement of two joints what? rather than one. Yeah. How about that shit? They just said, I, I mean, I like it. I like it. That's compound movements are better for building mass. Yeah. It's right there. It's a weird principle, baby. So that's is that's it, interesting. Is it? I'm starting to wonder. Is it that the weeder principles were a bunch of hogwash, or how we've interpreted them, interpreted them, and what we've thought they've been was what the hogwash was? You know what I mean? I think like the one that people people pick on the most is the muscle confusion principle. This idea. I, I don't know if this is in this in this tape or not. No idea. Yeah. Um, and so that just he phrased that that principle um, to make it understandable for the layperson. Like this is like I mean Bob Paris is explaining what a repetition is, and that repetitions together constitute a set, right? Right. For someone who has no idea what reps and sets are, so this is like real baseline stuff. So you come up with muscle confusion principle. You know that's basically training variety, yeah. right? A variety of training, and I, we've gone on, in on. The, on this podcast into the what's going on there mechanistically in terms of activating um, muscle fibers and motor units. When you're doing different exercises, it does vary. You'll get soreness in exercises you haven't done for a while, even if your training effort and the reps and the relative load are all the same. Yeah. Um, so there is something to say for that. And the loading curve is different. Like the variety, there's various ways to say that. But he called it muscle confusion. So people are like, the muscle doesn't get confused. Yeah. And yeah. people, and, and people I, I just heard this the other day. I can't remember where I saw it, where I heard it. Um, and someone was saying, uh, now I remember, uh, 
all the muscle knows is tension. Something hmm. like that. Yeah. Like this, and it's like, no, the, the, mu- the activation of muscles are is very specific to the loads that it's encountering, and that that's dependent upon the proprioceptive feedback that's coming through the joint receptors, the muscle spindles, the Golgi tendon organs, everything that's telling you how to move that load. Otherwise, if it were just like a rudimentary tension on, tension off system, we would be all moving around like, you know, like robots and banging into the walls and knocking each other over. Yeah. Um, so tension is is controlled by rate coding. And so re- firing rates in motor units, whether they're on or off, rotation of motor, it's a highly complex system. Even for rudimentary movements like like most most training exercises that we use here, yeah. So anyway, that muscle confusion, just that term is what got people. But what's behind that? The idea that you'd you'd change your exercises up um, is a basic training principle. He just put another name to it, probably to make it sound you know a little more like oh, I got to confuse the muscle, like right? Yeah, yeah. Um, do something I haven't done before, and there's something to say for that. It really is. So I think. I think he was picked on that. That principle is picked on more than any, and it's it's unjust. It's undue. I could see that. Opinion. I'm yeah. going to skip ahead a little bit here and see what right. else we have because okay. I don't think we'll get through the whole thing. But I think they're okay. getting into cheating on your reps up here. Cheating in weight no. training refers to using extra muscles or techniques like swinging the weight up using inertia to help perform the lift. Instead, lift and lower the weight using the specific muscles involved in that lift with no help from other muscles and no cheating. Notice they didn't show Dorian doing <laughs> Do a bit of barbell row. row. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I will when I'm weaker and I'm dieting and I'm not feeling really energy. I'll, I'll need to cheat a little bit because I don't have a trainer or someone that, that helps me. Fourth, continuous tension. When you lift or lower a weight, you should feel your muscles working smoothly throughout the whole range of motion. This means not only lifting the weight under control to a position of peak contraction, but lowering the weight under control as well, rather than letting it drop. Man. Dude, that's a big one that I still feel like I I have to tell people when I look at clients' training, Mm. is I still see people that aren't getting as much out of their reps as they could. And sometimes they're newer people. Mm. Sometimes they've been people that have been doing it for years, uh, have Mm -hmm. been training in the gym for years and years. And it's like, there is so much more that we can get out of, you know, a given weight. Um, And and I found myself that if I use, and and, and I see, you know what I see, Scott, is I see constant tension is a technique to intensify the training. Like there are times that Mm. I might do like one rep and then pause. And then one rep and then pause. But if I can mm-hmm. keep the tension in the pack through that whole set, I feel like mm-hmm. to me, that was kind of a game changer for being able to add to my development. And you can end up getting more out of less weight too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. My muscle, can, it makes, so the, I got a whole, I got a whole um, presentation on quest for the perfect rep. Yeah. Where I go into a lot of the things you just kind of mentioned, a little with a little more detail. Sure. But the way I kind of introduced the topic, and it's super important, is that our nervous system is is set up to make things as as easy as possible. Yeah. In terms of muscular fatigue and stress and strain on the muscle, so we're using stretch shortening cycles, reflexes, throwing, using accessory muscles, extra muscles, using momentum, using swing, all this kind of stuff to make it as easy as possible. 
Yeah. Rather than like doing a, a side lateral like Doring was doing right there, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just that's the, the most difficult possible way to get a dumbbell to that position, right? Absolutely. You never do it that way. Like if you, if you want, you just you use two hands for one, of course. Right, and you keep it close to your body; wouldn't have extended out like that. And you probably would use your you do like an overhead press, and you yeah. get up to the same level where he was, and that would be be nothing. And you would and you would kind of throw it up there. Yeah, that's what makes sense. So all those like everything in our nervous system, especially, and I've and I've told this story many times too about this um, older gentleman. I was training him and his son. His son wanted to. Was a was going to be client of mine. He wanted to bring his dad in with him too because his dad had basically just kind of retired. He worked construction his entire life, right? And I couldn't get him to do a concentration curl for the life of me. Yeah, because he's he's got his elbow locked into his inner thigh, and he's all, all, he keeps on keeps on rolling his shoulder back and doing oh, this and hinging with yeah. the weight. And it's like I couldn't get him to do it because he's like that's not how you pick stuff up. He had yeah. he had learned how to make survive through like fifty years of heavy duty construction work. Right. Not by doing isolation movements every time you move heavy <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. Use as much muscle as possible, as much make it as easy as possible. So, yeah, the idea of bodybuilding is is to use have continuous tension. Like yeah. the the pauses between reps is eliminates fatigue. It allows metabolites to to exit, and it gives you a reduction in energy demand, so that you don't have to activate those high threshold motor units, right? Which are the ones we're trying to activate, right? Because we want to grow. We want yeah, the, to make things as hard as possible, not as easy. The number yeah. of people that I see lock out and pause between every rep on the leg press is much higher. Like I would say almost 100% of people that I see do that movement that haven't been taught otherwise. That's just mm-hmm. what we do because it's just what feels. That's what allows us to keep putting more plates on it. And now, yeah. you know, maybe you're getting 12 plates, but... I guess my challenge to everybody who's watching or listening to this right now would be to go back. Next time you train legs, next time you do the leg press, come just shy of locking out, just shy of it. And then when you go into your negative, use the utmost control in bringing it back down. You know what I mean? If you can do that mm-hmm. using constant constant tension, and, and I'd say I'd go as far as every exercise, try to apply that and see what you get out of it. I guarantee you that the guy who's you know, leg pressing 12 plates per side is going to have to drop that dramatically to be able to get, Mm -hmm. you know, a good 10, 12 reps again. That's, that's why all the repetitions in fortitude training, they're all continuous. Yeah. And everything you do, you do, you do discontinuous sets in terms of muscle run, but they're all like that. And the thing is too, and Scott, you know, this, like you start getting so strong where you, you could use 12, 12 plates on the leg press or heavy loads on whatever it is. You, you don't want to use those. Your skeletal no. system—it's—it's it's got plenty of stress to keep your bone mineral density high. You're good yeah. to go there. You don't—you don't need to be, you know, squatting 600 pounds if you can do a 405 pound squat, yeah. you know, and do it under control on the way down and continuously. It's much better on your on your skeletal system. And I, you know, I've seen enough people um, over the years who were older who had just their joints were just wrecked. Oh, from yeah, years and yeah. years of training and. You got to start with that young, you know, as early as you can, doing continuous reps. Get as strong as you can with that type of training. Yep. Um, and there's something to say, like every once in a while, go for it. Like Jordan, yeah. for instance, does a lot of this. You know, he'll do like sets, really low rep sets, because um, that tends to make you stronger and it, it 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 can forward you, bring you forward in certain ways yeah. neurologically. But to do that all the time, like that's that's a that's a wrecking ball. 
you're asking for a wrecking ball for your for your joints. Yeah, so if every time you get sense. in a leg press, you're using so much weight that you're pausing to get ten. You know, you you do a rep pause, do a, you know one rep, right? And two reps, you know, pausing in between. And I can tell you that firsthand, I had a lot more knee tweaks doing that than I ever have mm. now. Like, I, I think the amount of joint issues I've had since then has gone down dramatically, you know? Yeah. There was um, years ago when I was at University of Texas at Austin, I, I was I taught the weight training class. I was the, the GA for the weight training class that Jan and Terry Todd had there. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, Victoria knows knows Jan really well, and, and Terry when he was still alive. And um, so I got to train with the powerlifters a couple of times, and they did their their they had a very basic training program, which was really effective. They won multiple national championships, but they would do sets of ten for like three weeks, sets of five for like three weeks, and sets of three for like three weeks, and then the, the week before they would go into the meet and basically do nothing. I think, yeah, something very very, very close to that. And what I there was one athlete I can't remember who it was exactly, but who kept on having trouble, you can go from those training loads and translate those into what you should be doing on the platform when you actually compete, right? And I remember watching this, and they couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. And when they were doing their sets of five at the time, and if you do sets of five, you know, they're going to be pretty continuous. Maybe you need to set up between a rep, you know, yeah. but you do a set of five. Well, when this person was doing his or her sets of five, it was a rep, and then and stand up, hold, wait, Five, 10 seconds, and then another rep. It was yeah. basically five near maximal efforts. Jeez. So instead of doing sets of five with like 85% of their one rep max, yeah. they were doing sets of five with like 93%. Good you God. Know? They That's could brutal. never have done a continuous. Oh, it was really brutal. These were like these were like one minute long sets of five or something like that. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and of course, that just wreaks havoc on your nervous system too. But yeah. they never translated their lifts. In, because they weren't actually lifting with that percentage of their one rep max that others were uh, when they're doing continuous reps. So you're going to lift heavier when you have those breaks in there huh, than you yeah, would otherwise. You can keep your reps. And the thing, too, if you're, and they haven't mentioned here, it's kind of a comment. They're talking about progressive, but they haven't mentioned logbooks. We may have skipped past it because we, we, we blasted through a thing, but yeah. like, it's just sort of like intuitively, you know, make note of, uh, yeah, probably nothing there. Um, but. If you're trying to logbook your progress, um, and this is why I put this in fortitude training, if you start doing those discontinuous reps like that, you're going to be getting more reps just because you're strategizing your sets differently to minimize fatigue by taking breaks, breaks between reps. Yeah. Not because you're actually getting stronger and the, and the performance is reflecting more muscle mass, hopefully, and whatever nervous adaptations you've made. So, so you, can, you, can, you can cheat yourself into basically thinking you're making progress yeah, because right, you're getting more reps when you should be taking a break and stepping back and deloading because it's time now to pull pull back on things. You just drive yourself to the point where now you're in a non-functional overtraining situation, overreaching situation. Yeah. So anyway, long diet drive. Yeah, Here we go. Here it, Here it is. Here it is. Mind and the muscle. Muscles, not lifting weights. Don't think about the weight. Think about the muscle and what it's doing. Look at that bicep peak. I know. It's a good thing they put him in a in a posing suit. It's very important to <laughs> prepare yourself before going to a gym for a workout. If you're going to a gym uh, to fraternize, then I wouldn't be about mentally preparing yourself. But when you go to a gym <laughs> to work out, which is what you should be doing, you have to concentrate, especially on the muscle that you're working. There's a mind-muscle link there where you're 
your body is going to react the way your mind feels. If you feel up for a workout, then you're going to get a great workout. If you feel lackadaisical and you don't really want to go to the gym, then there's no way you're going to get a good workout. So mentally preparing for a workout is just as important as stretching or anything else you would do to get ready. I agree. Yeah, I think he answered a different question. He's talking finally, about those are, that's really the mind-muscle link. Failure but, yeah. in a bodybuilding set is not the Here same as exhaustion. It means you've gotten to the point where you can't do one more rep with that particular weight in that set. Are we going to see failure with two plates on the leg press here? <laughs> oh, so that, that was, was it. failure. That was oh, it. That's all he could get, Scott. That was, that was it. He got eight <laughs> reps with 108 pounds on the leg press. Each and every repetition than it does to just say, okay, I'm going to do set of I'm do 12 repetitions with this super heavy weight and all you're thinking about is moving that weight. You're not thinking about let's say if you're doing squats, thinking about your quadriceps. Okay, in the first repetition and thinking about the movement on the way up and the movement going down. And when you're really thinking about it, then the the chances of injury are slim, you know, and the chances of of that muscle responding is even better because you're really concentrating. So I think that that's what the key is and that's what's most important. Bodybuilding, when it's done properly, involves learning a lot of skills. So it's gonna pay for your success to learn those skills properly from the very beginning. So he's true. He's so well-spoken. Yeah, he's so well-spoken. Here's All right, some let's sum it up. Basic principles and training methods you've learned about in this tape. Train smart as well as hard. Bodybuilding type weight training is a very specific and intense method of changing the basic muscle structure of the body. And the key to success in bodybuilding training is utilizing all of the weeder training principles. Utilize the progressive resistance training principle. To make your muscles grow bigger and stronger, you have to contract them against the appropriate amount of weight. But as they adapt and begin to grow, that weight becomes too light to cause continued adaptation and the muscles stop responding. At that point, you add weight to the exercise to challenge the muscles further and continue to add weight on a progressive basis to keep pace with the continuing development of your muscle structure. They, they, they were instructed to mas- maximize their facial expressions. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. The first rep looked as hard as the last one. Bodybuilders aren't weightlifters and shouldn't use a weight that allows them to do too few sets. They aren't endurance athletes either and shouldn't do very high repetitions in most of their training. Bodybuilders mm. have learned that That's the muscle responds best. This is the classic classic way to go about it, right? Yeah. 8 to, eight to 12. That's a 10. Using this amount of weight generally allows you to do from 8 to 12 reps in any given set. And it's really important that you have a spot from behind when doing barbell reps. Always. Safety first. Too few sets and the muscles make Man, it that's big a pretty badass uh, behind Too the neck press right there. Yeah, she's going all the way down. Yep. Yeah. And increase your risk of injury I wouldn't even want to do that right now. And that's a shoulder tweaker for some people. One of the guys I knew had the best belts I've ever seen. He used to do that with two and a quarter all the way down to his straps. Oh, God. For like Look at that. 15. Yeah. Rest for 30 seconds to one minute. Yep. So three to five. I want to see, see, to see how many exercises we're supposed to do for muscle group because then we're going to get the idea of the volume here. But it's not so long that your training pace becomes too sluggish. 
And always rub out your quads afterwards. Always Take rub the muscles. Leader <laughs> split system principle. For most bodybuilders, a schedule of three days training. That's that's an awesome St. Patrick's Day outfit right there. I think. Yeah. Although some prefer using a four-day. What was I think I saw? I missed that. How many sets did it say? Rep. Did it say something? I missed something. Let's see. Followed by one yep, day rest. Some popped up there. Well, that was the days on and off. Although I think. some prefer using a four day on, one day off split instead. Right, that's what they're just talking about the split. It's good. All right. Base your training program on the use of free weights. The body responds best to the resistance provided by free weights, where the muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons are forced to cope with the force so of gravity. So pause here. So the most effective. Yeah. It's, fun, it's funny, interesting. So Cuba, Ciel, and I just saw this, I think yesterday on his Instagram. Uh-huh. He had a big post. He may even be watching right now. I don't know because I know he watches. He, he watches would comment that. if he was watching. He'll be watching after, though. I'm okay. sure he's, okay. he's been yeah, enjoying I, this. I like to see his comments because he just said this is he was he made this big post as to why he thinks machines are better. Oh, really? Right? Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't want to speak for him. I can't remember yeah. exactly how he phrased it all, but like I literally just saw that, and I think they both have their place. You could argue. You know both directions. So sure. Um, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. They're saying here the free weights is the way to go. There's I know, with all with all those machines. <laughs> yeah, most of which are plate plate loaded, but still, they have been doing mostly free weights in the in the studio. With full range of motion repetition. And there's a machine. For maximum quality and development, do each photo is so awesome. His hair is awesome. Yeah. From a position of full extension before he tore his back. Do not, however, overstretch the structures involved, or you could increase the risk of training injury. I like how they phrase Train it. You could increase the risk. Tension. You should feel the muscle working continuously against the resistance throughout the range of motion of the exercise. Lift the weight under full control. I love, I love that. There's no, there's no rack control. behind him. Like, no, yeah. Where the hell is he going to rack that thing? I don't think that maybe they'll, they'll, they'll save him about safety and getting Keep a good spot. I don't know. Mind in the muscle. Learn to feel mind mind in the right. exactly muscle. I think that's a reference to our show. There you go. And you little develop little look into the bodybuilding the future. training by focusing your attention on your muscles rather than on the weight they're lifting. Remember, you're He's getting pumped muscle, up there. Not lifting weights. Mm -hmm. So keep your mind in the muscle at all times for the maximum effective workout. I see a lot of lot of uh, body language there, actually. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> for real. I mean, was, but, but you could tell he had a good mind muscle connection. That's the initial thing. Like here we're here we're gonna see the worst the worst example seven. of momentary <laughs> muscular failure ever. Training to failure actually means you got a guy with legs like that. Muscular failure. And, and he's going to do set up <laughs> You got it. Come on. Means you keep going in that set using that Ooh, weight that was it. you can't do any more repetitions without stopping to rest. That's what That's failure looks like. Split system is one of the most important principles. Important without principles. the utilization of the Weeder split system in your workout, you'll never be able to achieve a symmetrical, proportionate, muscular never. body. Never. Learn it. Apply it, Rich. and you would Dang. develop up, Rich? the body that you always wanted. Now that you know how to use the split system, let's put it to use. In the next tape, my champions will show you how to apply the back exercises and the bicep exercises to broaden your back, broaden your back, bigger and more massive and more <laughs> muscular arms. 
Man, this is so good. Yeah. The key to me getting the best workout I possibly can every day is uh, just to be very organized yep. and um, to have some type of schedule. You know, I can't go in one morning at 7 o'clock in the morning and the next day at 5 o'clock at night. I like to train at the same time every day and I like mm -hmm. to eat like two hours before I train. And my, uh, my schedule has to be very organized in order for me to get the best workout possible. I've developed my physique to the point to where I'm happy with it, you know, with the size and everything, and I don't want to overpower anything. So just to keep everything in balance, you know, I'm more looking for the shape and balancing everything out now. What I'd say it's to a woman, backdrop. just starting out mm -hmm. in, let's say, weight training, and she doesn't really want to be a bodybuilder, is just to, that the key is consistency. Yeah. And basically to come in and learn the basic exercises. Learn what exercises go for what body parts. And the benefits that you get from a physical point of view, from a, a, a mental point of view, from a strength point of view, even from an emotional point of view, goes into the full aspect of your life and makes for better living and a better person and a better society. Procrastination mm -hmm. is the robber of opportunity. It's the great uh, the great thief of time and opportunity, you know, and I think that there's no better time to do it than to do it right now You got to be motivated when I started bodybuilding I weighed 114 pounds, you know, I'm a diabetic. I'm five foot He's a diabetic, I'm right? I won Mr. Universe, Mr. America. Who is this? The only way that you can really get um, it is Oh, I'm blanking on his name. I guess Nick were watching he'd know. No Pause it for a sec Hey, there's Franco, Franco. Yeah, the guy was a diabetic. Pause for a sec. I'll go back to it. I'll find it. Because I knew okay. it was about over. Yeah. Yeah, diabetic um, body bleeding. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name right now. I am oh, too, but I, I know right who he there. is. Yeah. yeah, and he was the one of the people who he, he would vary his insulin depending on where he was off-season or in-season, of course, because his glucose needs were changed too based on his diet and his activity and everything. Yeah. Um, but he was the uh, one of the guys that people first thought, okay, there's something to this insulin thing. Because he was using, I think he was using larger amounts of insulin than what your typical diabetic would be using. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's see. We oh. know Jason Poston is. We know that Anth Bales uh, is. Anth Bales is a type one diabetic. Um, of course, I did a Google search here, though. Oh um, yeah, well, he's old school. Yeah, um, yeah. These are the first people that are coming up. Mm -hmm. I know who that is too. Ronnie Rockle's a diabetic too. Is he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, oh, I'm blanking this guy's name. Want to want to look for it? Age bodybuilder. You know who yeah, would know? The, John Hansen. Uh, oh, John Wood, right off the bat. John I just blanking on his names. I have yeah, like all these people. I run right. They they go. I, I I recognize all of them immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Belknap. Tim, Tim yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we got yeah. it at the same time, man. Yeah. I saw the name and I was like, "Oh, there he is!" Yeah, yeah, Tim Belknap. Here's a great shot of him too. Oh, well, this is—he was thick. Look man. how thick he is here, man. Yeah, his midsection was a little big, but yeah, he's a thick dude. That was a lot of muscle for the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed this. We hope we hope you learned something, and if if you are cool. doing, um, like pausing all your reps 
on the leg press especially, that is my personal challenge to you is next time you go train legs, just constant reps. And the thing I think people do is they make the mistake of when they do constant reps, then they just start pumping them out really fast. No, 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 no. We're still going to use right. slow controlled negatives like you always would. Right. right? My challenge to everyone is to try to outperform Bob Paris on the leg press. <laughs> you can get more than, more than eight rounds. The two, two plates? Size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll, you should have Bob Paris-sized legs at least by that time. Imagine you go to three plates. Like, you'll be Ronnie Coleman-esque, you know? Yeah. So, All right, guys. I well, tell listen. you what, though. That, yeah. that video, before quick, I want to give some kudos to that video. If someone's just followed that video and stuck with that, you know, there's some things missing. Like, maybe a logbook would be helpful just to make sure your progress overload, but... There's, it's not you're you're not going to go too far astray with that. Like you, you no. end up doing pretty dang well. That'll keep you that'll keep you going in the right direction for years. I would say. And I'm really starting to feel like I said. Like I feel like some of the problems people have had with Weeder principles were the interpretation and and then what they've learned. Like they've learned the interpretation. I think that anybody who has issues with Weeder principles, which I'm the first person to be like, come on, man, you know, but it watching right. that video, like there's not really much I could argue with. There's a lot that I could expand yeah. upon, but that mm -hmm. said, man, like you said, if you hadn't known anything, you came in and you watched that video, I think you'd have a hell of a foundation to start bodybuilding. Yeah. And I mean, Joe sold it at the beginning that there was no one else actually out there. He, I mean, he had flex and muscle and fitness at the time. And there might've been shape. I don't know what other magazines were out at that, in that moment. There was muscle mag international. Um, there were the European versions of those, those magazines, but like he was close to the only game in town. He had Bob Kennedy to compete with, I think. And yep. I may be missing something, but, but he, you know, that's like solid system. I mean, they, they went a little bit overboard, but they made it sound pretty sciencey. And um, yeah, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't go right. You wouldn't do that for two years. If you followed that to a T and, and think, oh, I just wasted my time, unless you're just someone who has horrible genetics, you know. Yeah. Well, but you're should, not going to look like those pros either. <laughs> we should do that. Now, Menser had his training videos. You know, we. I would like to yeah. go back because that, that uh, the seminar that we watched was like way later in his life. I would like mm -hmm. to go back to one of his training videos and maybe talk a little bit about that for another episode. I think I think that okay. would be fun. Plus, that's a great soundtrack too. The music they had in his training yeah. videos were the bomb before they they were like yeah before this came out. That's for sure. I have one that I that I had on a VHS someone gave Ooh. to me years ago, and I I think I think I've got it somewhere on a disc. You got um, it on a disc? I think well, I think so. I think it's somewhere backed up. We could pull something off YouTube. That'd be easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, yeah. listen, I, I, if if you want to go into check out Scott's book, you can get it at byobcoach.com. And, of course, go to uh, Scott Stevenson, too, if you want to do any type of consultations. Because you do you do mm -hmm. consults. That's, like, really your main thing. You don't do, like, yeah. like coaching like I do so much uh, as you do a lot more consultations. So somebody can come to you and say, hey, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do with my bodybuilding. Do an hour consult with you. Get that ball rolling. And then come back maybe in a couple months or whatever. Just bring right? them together however they want. They could be. I've had people do consultations every week for for months on end. There you go. Only as needed. Yeah. So we've yeah. talked about it before, but absolutely, I'm available. Yeah. So hits got up, and uh, of course, reach out to me, McNally Diets at Gmail .com. I do more of the traditional coaching thing. I do consults as well, but not nearly as much as traditional coaching. And of course, check out our sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code Think SupplementSource.ca for Canada and uh, Strom Sports Nutrition if you're in the UK. Everybody from Patreon, we appreciate you guys very much. And for another episode of Muscle Mind for Scott Stevenson, we will see you soon.